Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood crime scene mystery episode, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> That's right, Rachel. This episode uh, for our $10 patrons will focus on mysteries and the macabre. And we will talk about stories that are sort of uh, creepy, weird, and cold cases, paranormal, like a lot of things that we can't cover under the Hollywood theme. Right. But people sort of request. So we're kind of doing it here uh, because we like that stuff too. The first story on the um, premiere episode of this is going to be one that was actually suggested on our Facebook book group a long time ago and I was I kind of looked into it and I was like oh this is really cool but it's like there's not even a movie based on this story so it's like I can't even you can't tie get it in that way and then like a week or two ago I was watching um an episode of Autopsy on HBO have you watched that show no Autopsy is a show that I think is from like the late 90s and early 2000s like up to 2005 maybe yeah and it's um Oh, I can't remember his name, but it's like one of those coroners who's pretty well known, has yeah. done some famous cases. I think he's out of New York. And it's just like weird crime stories and autopsies. Cool. It's really dated looking, but the stories are good. So this was a case that happened to be on the episode I watched randomly. Right. And I was like, oh, that's that guy. Right. So I'm happy to kick off this series with the story of a man named Carl Tanzler. Uh, he's also known as Count Karl von Kossel, <laughs> and he's a German-born radiolo- radiology technologist who worked out of Key West, Florida, and this is like in the 30s and 40s. George Karl Tanzler was born on February 8th, 1877 in Dresden, Germany. He kind of is a bullshitter, Rachel. He claims to have been born into a wealthy family and like grew up in a castle. The classic. Uh-huh. There's very little known about his early life. He did have one sister. According to like, who knows if it's his story or other stories, he was like a bright and curious youngster. He had a pretty unremarkable childhood. There was no like abuse or anything crazy like that. It was said that he didn't really have an interest in girls at the time, but that would change. (laughs) Oh. And uh, he was very into like nerdy things like glider planes, which is also another obsession that he would kind of carry throughout his life, like engineering and aviation and things like that. One interesting fact about his childhood, however, was that Tanzler claimed to have been visited by visions of a dead ancestor named Countess Anna Constantia von Kossel, who revealed the face of his one true love, an exotic, exotic, dark-haired woman, and that was the woman who would one day be his bride. So this is something that happened to him as a very young child. Okay. According to him. So even as a young child, he did have this sort of showmanship quality to him like he was always impressing people like I said he was kind of a bullshitter and he kind of just had this confidence that was really based on nothing which gained him access to a lot of like opportunity opportunities that he probably wouldn't have gotten in his like if he just sort of 
was who he was. <laughs> he boasted that he had a, a resume that included nine advanced degrees by the age of 24, including ones in science, medicine, art, and like, there was like seven more. And it was like, dude, come on. Like, and that was a lie. Of course it's a lie. Because who would have nine degrees by the age of 24? Like, and, and that's something like Desi and I were just talking about, like there being two types of people. Like there's the type of people who Burning Man is their shit. And right. then there's me and Desi who <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare to us. Right. There's the type of people who are really into like telling just like overt fantastical lies about themselves. Right. And there's like a confidence you have to have to be that big of a liar. Right. And it's probably easier back in those days. Like there was no internet or ways to really easily fact check people, you know, and you just probably were like, sure. Like, why would anyone lie about that? And now we're like used to catfishers and like (laughs) whatever. It's just a different world. So he did travel a lot. He went to like just all over the place, India, Italy, the South Seas, etc. He One of his biggest lies that I thought was hilarious was that he owned an island coconut plantation near the equator. There was something about the addition of the equator that I was like, that's probably what really sold that lie. Right, right. <laughs> so at some point he goes to Australia, and that was when World War I broke out. He was a German citizen. So at that time, and this is sort of ironic, he was put into what was called a concentration camp. And that term has like a really old school meaning. Yeah. Obviously, when the Holocaust happened, now that's what we kind of think of. Right. But it's basically a place where they put a concentration of people in like a kind of prison or jail. So this was in Australia. And it was basically like when I say concentration camp, it was kind of like a hilltop castle where he was jailed. At the time in Australia, he had begun building what he called a trans ocean flyer. When he was in jail, he was secretly building a sailboat, which he was going to use to escape. I mean, this is all according to him, too, so who the fuck knows if right. it's true or not. And like I said, he had the confidence of, like, only that a mediocre white man can have, like, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, like, a common saying, right? right? Okay. So while he was in prison, he continued to have the visions of this dark-haired woman who <laughs> would one day be his bride. One vision actually lasted seven days like, that was how intoxicated he was with He's the idea of this woman. having this vision. Right. When, she, when the, the, the premonition or whatever vision ended after seven days, he was distraught. Like, he had, like, a nervous breakdown that he, had, he didn't have her in his life anymore. So, at the time, interlo- international law forbade prisoners from returning to their native country after they had been imprisoned. So, he ended up having to go back to the Netherlands uh, where they had like a clearinghouse for this kind of thing. Once he was back in, in Europe, he learned that his dad had died. His sister had moved to America. Dresden was like majorly firebombed in World War One. So he, according to him, lost everything, including books, research, and all of these jewels. <laughs> jewels? <laughs> according Not to him. Jewels. I like that he has like a treasure chest right. of jewels. Okay, Carl. So at this point, he's in his 40s, and he marries an 18-year-old woman named Doris Schaefer. She is not the woman of his dreams, which probably felt great for her. They had two children, one of, who, uh, one of whom would eventually die of diphtheria, and the marriage was not a great marriage. He traveled a lot, and she was alone a lot, and obviously she wasn't the woman of his fantasies, so how could it ever work out? At some point, Tansler does emigrate to the United States. He settles in Zephyr Hills, Florida, which is near Tampa, and his family eventually joins him. About a year after moving to Florida, he adopts the name Dr. Count Von Kossel. I'm sorry. Like, I like that it's Dr. Count for some reason. Like, he couldn't get enough titles in his name. 
Did he think that because his last name was Von Kossel that that meant it wasn't even his real last name? Like it was like a family name that he took on because his last name is Tansler. Right, right, right. But I'm saying, was he like, oh, Kossel sounds like castle? <laughs> Maybe I don't I'm know. from royalty. So he tries to get a job as a doctor, and he's like, I have all these degrees, <laughs> and obviously people are like, well, we need a little more proof <laughs> than that. Like he gets hired basically as an attendant and he is really good at his job. So they eventually move him up to a radio radiological technician. So that's his job at this place. So he's an asshole and he's not popular at his job. People fucking hate him. He's really opinionated. He's very egotistical. I've never met anyone uh, like that. <laughs> right. Um, but he's, like I said before, very competent. And apparently at that time that was hard to find. So he kind of kept his job and whatever. I want to tell you, so he's like in his 50s at this point. He looks like a skinny Monopoly man. Wait a like, minute. I got to look him up. Look him up. He has like a goatee. He he dressed like overly, you know, overly dressed. Like he would wear like suits and he had like a cane. I mean, it's just like any way he could make himself as an asshole. Oh, my God. Did. He, yeah, he, yeah. Okay, this is like the most hilarious thing. He, some point he buys like a wrecked airplane shell and moves it into the back of the hospital and starts restoring it. And it's like the most fucking peak Florida thing <laughs> you could do. I was going to have like a, an unwork, like a non-working vehicle, like parked in your <laughs> like backyard or whatever. But this is at the place where he works. And it's like, that is like how entitled he was. I was just going to say, I was like, is this guy the original Florida man? I mean, it's insane to me. So on uh, April 22nd, 1930, a local Cuban-American woman named Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos <laughs> was brought to the hospital by her mother for an examination. She had been ill for a while, and she's also, like, in addition to that, she's a very hot woman. Elena was the daughter of a local cigar maker, um, and she had two sisters who... Also, they all kind of had some trouble going on in their lives at this point. Her one sister, Nanya, was married to a man who died of tuberculosis. Her other sister, Celia, was married to a man who was electrocuted trying to rescue a co-worker who had hit a power line on a construction site. Oh, my God. Uh, Elena also had sort of a fucked up love life. She was married to a man named Luis Mesa. She had recently suffered a miscarriage, uh, and that's kind of... Originally, what her mom thought was wrong with her, she thought she was suffering from depression right. uh, after this miscarriage. But she became worried when Elena seemed to not get any better and she had a persistent cough, which we all know, if you've seen any movies from this period, is That's like never a good sign. A woman coughing, it's like the end. Like Greta Garbo coughs and you're like, she's going to die of consumption. Right. Uh, by the way, that's I used to say that as a joke all the time. Like every time I'd cough, I'd be like, consumption. <laughs> I thought it was cute. Or like if they cough into the handkerchief and there's blood. Right, yeah. And it's just, yeah, exactly the blood. When Elena was brought in, uh, Tansler or Von Kossel was the one who did her blood test. He immediately recognized her as the beautiful dark-haired woman that had been revealed to him in his earlier visions. Oh my God, what if you met this guy, especially, oh my God, what if you met a doctor who was giving you a blood test? Dude, he was like- How creepy is this? And he said to you, he was like- I've seen visions of you since I was seven. Okay, this is how creepy it is. He said, this is, what, this is like according to him what happened when he first saw her. I looked into the face of unearthly beauty, the face of the bride which had been promised to me by my ancestor 40 years before. Her voice was soft and sweet and childlike. It reminded me of a mockingbird singing in spring. 
(laughs) Imagine someone taking your blood and, and staring at you. It's so fucking creepy. So he almost immediately becomes devoted to Elena. He stops sending money to his wife and children. And oh he just God. starts like giving her gifts. Uh, he's really into silk, by the way. Elena is eventually diagnosed with the worst form of TB, which is actually called hasty consumption. After the diagnosis, Elena's husband leaves her for another woman because he's like, I'm not dealing with this. Real asshole. And Carl's first thought when her husband leaves her is, this fact filled my heart with joy. <laughs> to it Uh, it's brutal he then becomes obsessed with saving elena's life so her family is really poor and to them initially he was like a godsend who's like gonna help them save uh their daughter's life they welcomed him into their home he was overcome with love he had been looking for her his whole life uh like his whole life was thinking about every little detail of her face dreaming about it and there he is like with her finally after all of and these he years. feels owed her right right it's like destined to be so i mean he's such an old fucking creep she's literally like 21 and Ugh. he's like 55 or something i mean who does he think he is dane cook <laughs> <laughs> he's no dang it uh so this is just it's creepy it's not your destiny it's it's creepy and you're getting boners for this so stop acting like it's all fucking spiritual like, right and she's dying so it's like Tansler steps in like doctor fuck, fuck boy <laughs> and he's like i have this medical knowledge i can save you from certain death uh he convinces his superiors to allow him to conduct conduct experimental uh experimental treatment on her he proceeds to administer a series of specialty treatments, homemade elixirs, herbs, tonics. He borrows expensive equipment from the hospital, including an x-ray machine, and he installs it at their home. Like, So he goes all out to kind of give her all these treatments, but he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's not a doctor. Oh. Uh, he's also giving her tons of expensive gifts still, and she does not reciprocate his feelings at all. So he's just constantly declaring his undying love to her. And she's like, uh, like, I, just I mean, we live. know like what that's like when right. these guys are just like, and you're trying to be polite and he's saving her life. So she has that extra guilt factor, right? I, it's rude, honestly, to like try to like control someone by trying to save their life. It's really creepy. right? So he even goes so far as to taking her into the plane and sitting there with her and telling her like one day we'll fly away in Ugh. this plane it's going to carry us across the ocean and then we're going to live together. I mean, can you imagine her just sitting there uncomfortably having to play along with this to have her life saved, basically? He also would tell her things like she'll be a contessa when they get married. Um, At some point, as poor as the family is and as grateful as they are initially, they start to question him. They don't like his controlling and condescending treatment of them Mm because he starts treating them like real shit. He does demand that they stop smoking cigars, which obviously should probably not be done around (laughs) someone with tuberculosis. But for them, it's like an insult to their heritage. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just whatever. So they start seeking other doctors' opinions, like, behind his back. He keeps proposing to her, and she makes a lot of excuses, like, oh, like I said before, I'm married. I'm too young for you. Whatever. The family actually starts keeping them apart, and that's when he starts writing letters. So he starts writing letters that are like, I can give you more than someone your age. I have this experience. I will save your life. I give you undying love. And she'd respond back to him with things like, well, let me get well first, and then we can see what happens. (laughs) Uh, He also starts collecting things that they'll need on their wedding night, and like silk clothes and lingerie, and, and just like crazy things. He signs all of his letters, Forever Yours, Carl. 
she signs hers, your friend Elena. Oh my God. <laughs> Which oh. is like friend zone level infinity. Okay? Love it. He starts... He's, like, not listening to the parents. He wants to do more experimental things. He brings a transformer over to give her electroshock therapy, and the parents won't let him in. Eventually, she's pretty much terminal. Yeah. And they're, at this point, giving her, like, end-of-life care, like, to ease her pain. Yeah. Kind of like hospice, uh, basically. So, at that point, he offers to continue curing her and the parents are really desperate at that point so they let him come back into the home and he starts up with some more fucking treatments he buys her things like a dresser a bed more silk dressing silk stockings and he starts doing a treatment on her that's he basically invents some kind of machine that's like a throat vacuum tube that he will stick down her throat to get suction out like the phlegm or the lung fluid he invented this yeah or he he, because he fancies himself like an engineer Uh, so she's basically being tortured by yeah. him and she actually will ask him to stop like that's how painful it is for her right he claims that at some point she asks him to take care of her body after she dies and oh boy is that some foreshadowing <laughs> Rachel oh god so despite his best efforts Elena does end up dying of tuberculosis at her parents home in Key West on October 25th 1931 Tanzler uh, uh, like willingly pays for her funeral. And after she's buried, he begins visiting her grave site regularly. Uh, while he's visiting her grave site, he starts becoming really concerned about the lack of drainage at the, gra- the grave. He was worried that she'd get wet, which is honestly something he probably never <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, nice try, Carl. So with the permission of her family, he commissions an above ground mausoleum to move her body in so she won't get wet underground. Uh, once that is constructed, her body is placed in there, and he kind of creates like this weird double coffin. So it's like there's an outside coffin. So he can be put inside and, with her? Well, no, no, no. It's like a double layer. So it's one coffin on the outside, and then inside is another coffin oh, okay. to create like extra insulation. Right, right. He eventually moves into the parents' house for $5 a month, and he sleeps in her old room, and he talks about how he likes it because he can still smell her. I was just going to say, and he's smelling all of her I pillows. I know, he's smelling all her panties. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm so, sorry, and now that I know what he looks like, I'm just picturing his fucking Monopoly Man face doing all this. Right. And it's making me... It's disgusting. It's, my life is hell right now. So when she's moved into the mausoleum, that was about six months after she died... Before she's reinterred into the mausoleum, I just wanted to bring up this fact. He wants to reclothe her and give her all new bedding. So he peels all the clothes off of her decaying body, redresses her, and buys all new bedding and fresh clothes. And like I mentioned, the double coffin. And the part of the reason he does this double coffin is that he's invented something where he fills the inside coffin with a special solution to prevent her body from decaying. So it's like this weird chamber this liquid filled chamber in this inside coffin i thought he didn't want her to get wet well exactly it's weird well let's get into this (laughs) so like i said before he's visiting the mausoleum every night at some point he apparently gets a telephone installed into the mausoleum so they could talk (laughs) wait 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 so he can talk to elena yeah okay he continues to bring her presents to her and like we'll leave them inside the mausoleum he said that her spirit would come talk to him when he would sit by her grave and serenade her corpse with a favorite Spanish song of hers. He claimed at some point to feel hands on his face, and he tried to take a picture 
while the hands were on his face. And when the pictures were developed, he supposedly saw a white apparition. He also said that Elena, when they would speak, would beg him to take her from the grave. So after about a year and a half of visiting Elena's mausoleum nightly, uh, I mean, this was also something people were like creeped out by. They're like, dude, this guy is here every night. They would see him coming and going. Um, Tansler gets fired from his job and he- Is he still working as a doctor? Well, as a radiologist or a technician. Yes, he was still at that hospital. He gets fired from that. It's unrelated to her. And people notice that he stops going to the mausoleum. In April of 1933, Tansler crept through the cemetery where Elena was buried and removed her body in the inner coffin, leaving the outer one so that people would think she was still there. He carts it through the cemetery after dark on a toy wagon, like a Red Rider wagon. Oh, so creepy. <laughs> this is a coffin, too. It's not like he took the body out. He wore his wedding suit, and it was on the new moon, so that's like extra dark when the new moon is out. Right. So he's in his wedding suit with a coffin on a Red Wagon, like a little, what are they called? Red Rider wagon? Radio Flyer. Radio Flyer, right. It's... It ends up being like a real slapstick affair. He's trying to get this coffin over like a fence or something. Fluid is dripping out of the coffin. (laughs) And the coffin ends up falling on him and more fluid gushes out. So he's covered in whatever. He's covered in corpse juice. Yeah. So he finally gets it over the fence and he brings it to the old airplane where he had set up a makeshift lab. That's the one that's behind his old office building or his hospital. I don't know if it's still there or if he had moved it after he got fired. He works there for a brief time, bringing Elena back to life. She's not in good shape. I mean, that's an understatement. Not only is she covered in that fluid and like a slimy mold, she has like maggots in her head. (gasps) So he cleans her up. He dresses her in a bridal gown and a gold crown. According to him, after he cleaned her up, he sank gently into the coffin, trembling with a burning love. He kissed her and was blown away and this is his quote, by the heavenly bliss we were experiencing. Okay. She wasn't experiencing anything, but that's like every dude who thinks he made a woman come. Right. It was great. (laughs) She's like, what? No, I'm dead. (laughs) I'm literally lying here like a corpse. I did not come. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I have had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash H-C-S. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. It's not great for me. So at some point, he takes her from the um, plane. And he moves her into a home. Uh, he has a bedroom all set up, like a marital bedroom. And he continues to work on her there. He attaches her corpse's bones together with wire and coat hangers. No. He fits glass. He orders, special orders glass eyes to put inside her face. As the skin continues to decompose, he replaces it with silk cloth that he's soaked in wax and plaster of Paris. Her hair starts falling out as she decomposes. And at some point after she died... He had gotten hair from the mother, which to me is a really big red flag. Yeah. So he starts creating a wig out of her own hair that he got, whatever, two years previously. Wait, how did he get... He got hair... When she died, I guess he was like, can I have a lock, some locks of her hair from the mom? And the mom's like, sure. <laughs> sorry. So what did she have? Just like two strands of her own I hair? I guess. Maybe he added with other hair like right. to create some kind of wig. He... Uh, fills the corpse's abdominal and chest cavity with rags to keep her form because she's like sinking and decaying. Yeah. Uh, he, like I said before, he continues dressing her and remains with stockings, jewelry, gloves, and he keeps the body in his bed. He also uses a ton of perfume and disinfectants, preserving agents to mask the odor because this is a corpse in his house. And uh, how many years now is this after she's dead? This is about... Two years after she's dead. No way. Right. Did the embalming fluid or solution do anything to I guess it kind of keeps her, because I would, I mean, I don't really know how long it takes a body to decay once it's buried, but I would imagine in two years, if he hadn't been doing something, it'd be more than what it is at this point. Right. Okay. So, I mean, taking care of the physical demands that this, his bride (laughs) was a full-time job, because he had to literally maintain her every day. He also, like I said before, continued purchasing things for her, including clothing and perfume. He installed a curtained like veil around the bed for privacy, <laughs> like as if she's changing. He doesn't <laughs> want to see her nude. I don't know. Um, 
He also installed some, like when she was buried, her arm was bent in front of her. So obviously oh. it won't move. So he, he installed some kind of pulley and cord system <laughs> to move the arm. <laughs> So it's yeah. like, in- hey, hello, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did a song and dance. He so- also made several death masks, which I think was a thing people used to do. But so that I don't know exactly. Like how a Hannibal Lecter? Yeah, so he would do some kind of like paper mache on her face to create these death masks. And then I think he would paint them or something like that. Uh, so it looks like them. Ugh. So... Like I said before, she's in the bed with him and he sleeps next to her every fucking night. Uh, during the day, he would set up her chair and play songs for her on the organ. Um, he would talk to her. I mean, it's like very psycho. Totally. Um, he also made some kind of incubation ta- tank eventually, which had like a salt water solution in it. So he would put her in that like several hours a day to keep her hydrated and he really thought he was making progress when it came to bringing her back to life. That's his thing. Wait, 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 wait. So he's convinced that he's... He's, he's trying not, to bring her back to life. He's not just trying to preserve the body, which is insane right. as it is. He actually thinks he's going to bring yes. her back to life. Yes. Well, well wh- this is his destiny. Like, this is his wife. She wasn't supposed to die, whatever, shortly after they met, right? So... And they the- say women are fucking delusional <laughs> yeah. with men. <laughs> Come on. We're not the emotional ones. Let it go. Another gross story, like one of the Christmases, like they would celebrate holidays together. I mean, I say we. <laughs> She's not doing anything. <laughs> and he's, he, this is something he claimed to have done. It's so gross. He said that he drank wine and he kept it in his mouth and he pressed his lips to no. hers and pushed the wine into no. her mouth. Yes. He shotgunned the wine to her? He shotgunned the wine to her. Did she just like, did it just dribble back out of her lips? I guess, right? Like, I like to think like his... I would love to see like how he saw it and then the reality. Like totally. in hers, they're like ha, 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 laughing and drinking right. wine together. He actually moved uh, several times with his corpse bride, which I can't imagine how he managed to do that. He also had, at some point after they were together for a while, he had 13 dogs to protect his property. How did the dogs not eat her? Dude, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that seems like it's ripe for a disaster. <laughs> like right. a dog's running out with one of her arms or legs <laughs> or something. Like, hey, get back here, Tintin. <laughs> Whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, that's insane to me. Uh, he also starts getting worried. I think he couldn't bring the incubator like one of the last times he moved. So he really has to monitor even more now, especially in Florida with all the bugs and she's like leaking a lot. Uh. So he has to constantly maintain the skin. Like he's constantly building more silk and wax covered, whatever to kind of keep her together. Obviously a rotting corpse in the Florida heat and humidity <laughs> are not a match made it's in disaster. heaven. Like despite their love, <laughs> that was not going to work out. But Carl still believed that he was going to bring her back to life. He thought because he had failed to save her from tuberculosis, it was now his job to reclaim her from death, like whatever. So the more she rotted, the more he covered it up with perfume, he started to believe that the plane was the answer. The airplane. Yes. He thought that he would rebuild the plane, take the corpse up into the stratosphere so radiation could penetrate her tissue and restore her to life. Oh, come on. I know. He's insane. So... People start getting suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Rumors had always circulated. That he's a weirdo? That he's a weirdo. And the family of Elena kind of brushed off the rumors. And they kind of were like, yeah, he's creepy, but he's like a sweet old man. He fell in love with her. 
He tried to save her life, blah, 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 blah. One day, a boy was walking in front of his house, and he glanced in the window, and he saw inside Carl dancing with what appeared to be a life-size doll, (laughs) which had an eerie resemblance to Elena. So news gets back to Elena's family. That he has a a doll of Like all of this stuff. Like, yeah. So Elena's sister, Nanya, gathered up courage finally to confront him about these rumors. I'm sure it's partially like not wanting to believe it. Right. Uh, At this point, like everyone in in Elena's family had died of TB. Like both of her parents died. One of her sisters died. So, I mean, TB was like running rampant in Key West at this time. She meets up with Carl, confronts him about these rumors, and she makes him go to Elena's tube and demands that he opens the door. He refuses to open it. Instead, he says to her, come to my house. There's something you need to see. No. Yeah. Elena's sister goes back to his house, and she's immediately like overwhelmed by the smell right. when she walks in. As she approaches the bedroom, she sees a figure through the curtains on the bed. <gasps> By the way, Rachel, this is seven years later after he took her out of the mausoleum. He's been courting this corpse around for seven years. The house must smell funky. Yeah. So she takes some steps forward. The closer she gets, the more she could recognize that it looked like her dead sister. He's actually excited, like, for her. Like, see what I've done? Like... She's here. She's safe. Like he's excited. Like not at all worried. It's about like her when reaction. a cat brings you home a dead bird, yeah, and, they're, and they're they like, think you're going to be really happy about like, it. Look, and they're like, look what I did. They push it with her nose towards you. It's a gift. She says to him, "Return her body to the crypt, and I won't report you." He obviously refuses. So she goes out and goes to the police. Brings them back to the house. When they open the door. They see Elena sitting there. Carl has dressed her in a kimono and propped her up in a chair with a single rose. (laughs) (laughs) Will you accept this rose? Yes. (laughs) The final rose. (laughs) Dun, dun. Um, They still don't think it's a corpse. They think it's still a doll, like a creepy. There's pictures, by the way, which we'll have to post. Uh, Yeah. They're fucking insanely scary. So we'll post them somewhere. So they still think it's a doll. And then eventually they're like, oh, shit. (laughs) this is a rotting corpse. Like this is not a test. So he's immediately arrested and detained. He's psychiatrically examined and found mentally competent to stand trial on the charge of wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. Uh, He has a preliminary hearing in 1940 and he's held there to answer the charge at this point, this story is like, I don't want to say the trial of the century, but it's a big fucking story because it's a pretty insane thing. Crowds are coming to the courtroom. It's a huge media sensation. He takes the stand and is basically unapologetic, saying he had an undying love and devotion for Elena. He also confirms that the airplane rumor is true, that he did think that that would help (laughs) save her if he got up there. The case is eventually dropped and he's released because the statute of limitations on that crime had run out. Like, <gasps> But he still harbored the body. Yeah. I mean, basically, because he harbored it so long, right. that's why it had run out. But See, technically, he, you know, he didn't kill her. He right. just basically took her from, he grave robbed. I, mean, I guess you can't be charged for just being a fucking weirdo. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> for being creepy. <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, the creepy aspect of this is that the public, the creepy mood. aspect of yeah. That. <laughs> Here's what's really creepy, Rachel. The mood about this is very sympathetic to Carl. Everyone is sort of like, 
it's so romantic no they're literally like considering him an eccentric romantic who like who are we to judge? Like no one can know what this love is like. I mean, I'm disgusted by this because I was like, this is exactly what we talk about all the time. Like where men think they own us and they can do what they want to us. They have no regard for what we want or consent or like whatever. Like, well, it's also, you know what I mean? Like it's also the classic lie we've been sold with like, the guy going above and beyond with these insane romantic gestures in movies right. that in reality are actually kind of oftentimes kind of stalkerish yeah. and yeah. invasive of your privacy. Right. And this, he literally felt he had ownership over her body. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Like he actually had like admirers, like how the women go to the courtroom for serial killers right. like, and fall in love with Richard Ramirez. Women openly weeped in the courthouse when he was on the stand talking about his love for <laughs> Elena. I mean, this is insane to me. <laughs> is that how bad the dick is in Florida? Yeah. Well, yes, Rachel. <laughs> so asked in court if he ever sexually molested Elena, he said that he did not. And he said the reason he didn't. Because it wasn't was molestation. She was, she was mummified. Wait, wait. I like, I like how that's why. He's like, well, I would have fucked her, but she was a mummy. So her pussy was... This is what he claims. Okay. Like, this is what he said on the I think he fucked her. Okay. So after this trial is over or whatever, it, was a, it never really went to trial, he gave tours of his laboratory in exchange for money. The, here's the creepy thing, actually. Um, after her body was examined again by the physicians who, who kind of whatever, kind of re-autopsied her at that point, her family had a funeral home place her on public display what 6800 people paid a dollar to go into the funeral home and look at her body i think that's probably why there are so many pictures after this sideshow happened she uh, was returned to her family her body was returned to her family and at this point carl asked them for the body back (laughs) that's how like nervy carl is he's like okay can i get the body back now that you've earned 6800 dollars on this her family is like, no. And they take her body and bury it in an unmarked grave in a secret location to prevent Carl from ever finding her again. So she finally does rest in peace, which probably should have happened before her family (laughs) placed her on public display. 6,800 people. I mean, that's crazy. Wow. So uh, Carl also kind of gave tours of his laboratory for money, and that was sort of how he was earning money. At some point, he stops earning money. He has no career going because he had been fired. Obviously, no one's going to hire the corpse fucker <laughs> for a job. Like, I'm sure that's just not going to fly. Right. So he basically can't get a job. He decides he's going to leave town. But before he leaves town, he goes to Elena's old mausoleum tomb where she is no longer at. And he sets a bomb to explode when he leaves town. And he blows up the mausoleum. Whoa. So he leaves town and it's set to go off. After he leaves town, the, the, the tomb is completely blown to pieces. Yeah. Uh, so he moves from Zephyr Hills to a place in Pasco County, Florida. And it is there that he writes an autobiography that I think a lot of this information is gleaned from. It's, it's published in a pulp publication called Fantastic Adventures, and that happens in 1947. He also begins, much like George W. Bush, he takes up painting. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts painting watercolors of who? Of course, Elena. Ugh. His home now, where he is at this point in his life, is near his wife, Doris. I don't know that they ever got divorced. She starts fucking supporting Tansler at this point. <laughs> 
like I think she earned like fifteen dollars a week, and she gives him two fifty a week, so he oh. can basically get like food, so he yeah. doesn't like starve to death. Doris, now, Doris, Doris, get some dignity, Doris. In 1952, Carl von Kossel or Tonsler dies. Um, neighbors had not seen him for weeks. When police entered his home, they found him dead at the age of 75. His body was on the floor next to a life-sized replica of Elena's body. The face on the body was eerily lifelike, and it turns out it was one of the death masks that (gasps) he had made in the previous uh, years. So he had taken this mask as a starting point and started building a new Elena. So he made like a full-sized doll. Basically, now he did make a doll. Right. He lived and obsessed over this new Elena until he basically died. There's even a rumor that Tansler had switched the bodies before, at some point right. before he gave it back and that he had always kept it, but I don't know that that rumor is anyway substantiated. After he died, supposedly the airplane that he's still looking at was moved to the nar- the, from, moved to the yard of a neighbor and children started playing, on oh. it, which sounds insanely creepy to me. Okay, here's an epilogue. I think what we all want to know is, did he fuck that corpse, Rachel? (laughs) I want to know. So, in 1972, two physicians, Dr. DePoo, I swear to God. (laughs) Look, you can't make this shit up. You're DePoo. And Dr. Foraker, who both attended the 1940 autopsy. Foraker? Okay. Foraker and DePoo, um, who attended the 1940 autopsy of her remains, recalled these things. One of them commented on how real the breast felt. So I don't know if he did something to her breast to make them very supple and something you want to grab, I guess. <laughs> and they also claimed that there had been a, a long paper tube that had been inserted oh. in her vaginal area, which would allow someone to have intercourse with her. Now, at the back of that tube was a big wad of cotton. And when they tested that cotton, it was full of jizz. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. so look i want to choose to believe he fucked the corpse i don't know why i just feel like if i have to go through this store this story i need him to have had sex with her it needs to be worst case scenario i needed to go all the way like i don't want to live through all of this other information and there not be jizz at the end (laughs) (laughs) there's always jizz at the end of the tube yes this story, if you go to Key West and do like a touristy tour of the place, Desi, we have told, to go. Desi. And it's still told as like a great romance. Like, no. Yes. So I feel like they must leave out a lot of the details because <laughs> how could you? Like, I don't think it's, I don't think they talk about the tube full of chips. <laughs> but it's still told in these kind of like folklore kind of tales of this great romantic. That is not love. romantic. No, it's psychotic. Like, that if is- this was a live woman. I mean, it's bad that she's dead, but all of this behavior is not cool. Like, it's totally stalkery. She just literally came to a man to get a blood test. Right. And he put all this shit on her. Right. All of his fantasies and whatnot. Like, it's so I mean, wrong. it's so crazy. It's so twisted. She never even loved him back. No, she basically just put up with him because she didn't want to die. Like, right. And she like- was in a... She was... Her family was poor. I mean, we kind of do that just to not get someone to be mean to us. <laughs> Like or women are trying to be like delicate, like, oh, thank you. No, I can't come tonight. Like, right. thanks for inviting me. And it's like, like I've said, like I've had a guy ask me like 20 times and it's like, look, how many times do I have to say no for you to get it? Right. I just don't want you to 
be horrible to me and that's why I'm being delicate about it. Right. You should take the hint, like, because now I'm going to say no and you're going to be like, you bitch, you led me on. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, that's basically what she was doing. Like, all of this stuff was just so cringy to me because I was like, when she said you're a friend, like, can you just imagine her trying to think about what to say to not lead him on, but to not like make him mad like she's dying and it's so horrible. Like He is awful. Yeah. So that is the story. Desi, that is the best story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Honestly, crazy? I, I cannot believe that I've never heard this story before. I, when and the person sent it to me, I was just like, fuck, I, I need to do this story. How do I get it on Hollywood crime scene? Like, cause there is a song that was written about the story. And I was like, how can I What's like the song? It's called like, uh, Beto Negra, which I think means black wedding. And the song is about a man whose fiance dies and he's just distraught. He sits at her grave every night and he eventually digs up her bone bones and fucks her. And then he dies. Um, so I think it's based on this story, but they obviously romanticize it a bit more. Right. But there was no movie based on this. How was there not a movie made about this guy? It seems like it would be such a good movie. Like, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's an insane story. Dude, like, I mean, just look at this guy too. He's so creepy. (laughs) Can we post pictures with the Patreon? Uh, Yeah, we can post pictures with the Patreon. Because we have to show you some of these pictures because the... Elena is crazy. And it's not I'm afraid to look. Oh my God, I just saw. Oh my God, oh my God. It's not gruesome. It's no, fucking it's just, creepy. No, here's the thing. There's like, like certain images, like those Victorian images of dead people. Right, they they're creepier because they look li- live. Right, but there's something dead about them. Like, right, and it's yeah. creep. It's it's so creepy to me. Right, and it's like I'm fascinated by that stuff, but at the same time, like I have to look at this picture with you next to me. So. So I can cuddle you. <laughs> yes, you can hold me afterwards. <laughs> no, her body, it's so disturbing. So yeah, there's a lot of good pictures and we'll post some of them. Oh my God. But yeah. So hope okay. you enjoyed the first episode of Mysteries mm. in the Morbid. Wow. <laughs> Macabre. Macabre. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. That was such a good first episode, Desi. Okay, good. Okay. Yay. All right. Bye. Bye.